Hello friends, it's time to drop the needle on another episode of Supersonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debate, jousts, thought experiments, and we do it all in the name of entertainment. My name's Adrian Warhope. And I'm Leon Leroux. Adrian, as the keeper of the questions and the crafter of the conundrums for this, our Supersonic Chat, what provocative treats have you planned for us today, sir? Leon, imagine if you were working in an office and the office was to do with the music industry and the intern in that office said to you, Primus, never heard of them. Could you imagine that? I, I'd be upset. And nay, good sir, would take the responsibility and the duty to inform that young pup of the greatness of Primus. And that's what happened to me <laughs> really? a few years ago. That's exactly oh. what happened to me a few years ago. Our intern, Tom, had some yep. great banter. And uh, he was a great guy and still is a great guy. And he said, promise, no, no. What do you got? I, I guess I guess it's an age thing, right? Totally. He might Miss- have been a bit younger and he's just missed that little, that, I mean, promise is still around, but, you know, it's certainly not their golden years at this point in time. They're, they're experimenting going into weird territory at the moment. And that that's not everyone's cup of tea. Correct. So, and that's what I wanted to do today is, is tackle the question of how do you just steal a band, any band, but in particular, a band as, as weird, a band that has such a, um, a long and storied history, such mm. a cult following, such a depth of like um, musical knowledge and musical variety. How do you yep. distill that down to someone to communicate the greatness uh. in five simple songs, five so songs like- of a band that give you the gist of that band? So it's like you are trying to hook somebody in to knowing the core essence of a band, but you've only got five songs to do it. You got it. You don't want to overwhelm them. You don't want to give them the barrage of a true fan's experience. You just want to give them a tasting plate. And I call this today, the conundrum is a Primus Primer. Primus in five songs. (laughs) I love it. A Primus Primer. That's beautiful. Let's set the scene. You and I are long friends and we bonded over a mutual love of Primus. We've seen the band many times. We have owned Mm -hmm. albums and we talked a lot about Primus, about their side projects, about Les Claypool's solo albums and the whole lot. But just to set the scene, if I may, good sir, you know, Primus is a distinct result of the boom of alternative rock in the early 90s driven by the success of Nirvana into the mainstream. I don't think Primus would ever have had gold or platinum albums or be Grammy nominated if the time and place where they were wasn't one that the alternative rock landed into the mainstream. I think it's not even just alternative rock. I think it's also alternative thinking because there was uh, alternative thinking was on the periphery for a long time, I think, Mm. but I think alternative thinking became mainstream in the nineties where it became a thing that you that pretty much everybody aspired to do is to think differently from how people had thought before. And I think they were aspiring to do that in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was some really interesting and weird music, especially in the seventies, but I think it really started to hit into the homes of every single person as to trying to aspire to do something weird and different to how people have done it before yeah. in the nineties. That oh. could be me as a nineties teenagers, weird perspective, but you know, I think that, no. that really happened. You're onto something. Alternative culture became front and center of the mainstream. It became front and center in fashion, in thinking, in culture, and of course, in in music as well. But Primus almost sounds were- like a contradiction in terms to say that that alternative thinking became the mainstream. 
Correct. It's the it's the great paradox. And yeah. then what is then the alternative if the alternative is mainstream? And yeah. as time goes on, things peter out and change. But um, it was mm-hmm. a boom time. So people were signing up alternative bands. It was so Primus formed in the late 80s in the Bay Area of San Francisco. And they came up in the same scene as Faith No More. So that, that's a good touch point. And even Metallica. Yeah. Metallica were from San Francisco. And uh, Les Claypool, lead singer of Primus, is friends with Kirk Hammett and they've jammed together and that kind of stuff. But to set the scene, Primus, always been a three-piece, Yeah, always centered around the lead singer and bass player extraordinaire, Les Claypool. And to understand Primus is to understand Les Claypool. You know, his, his bass playing is this unique mix of funk pops and slaps, percussive tapping, strumming, and, and really fast finger work. And like I said, they came to fame on the back of the breakthrough of Nirvana. They're very unique. So I would there's say- like something, There's something great about Primus, how it combines wailing metal sounding guitars with funky bass, twanging vocals, and heavy drumming. You know, I think I said yeah. something very much akin last episode when you made me choose between Rage Against the Machine and Primus. Ooh. I feel almost like um, I'm doing Primus a nice service by ending up choosing Rage Against the Machine over Primus last time. It was a terrible decision to have to make. It was a Sophie's choice. It was. Yeah. And, and now we get to you to... for making it. There you go. I knew that would cause you to squirm. It um, did. You're right. So Les used to play in a metal band called Blind Illusion and Larry Lalonde, the guitar player, was in a metal band called Possessed prior yeah. to, to Primus. So the cartoony vocals, the nasally yes. vocals, the bouncing prog rock nature of some of their stuff. Yeah. They're, and they're a cult band. There is a cult following full of catch cries and callbacks and characters that all appear. And, and there is a, Indeed. Oh, a sense of... A healthy sense of humor. Hey, hey, we're Primus and we suck. You suck! (laughs) And only a true fan knows that when Primus comes on stage, you yell at the band that you love, you suck. suck. I know. And I've been at at Primus concerts where I've yelled out, you suck! And some people have turned around and gone, oh, and gotten really cranky. And I'm like, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's a compliment. You're right. And and it's hard not to meet that with the elitism and snobbery reserved yeah. for a, a hardcore Primus fan. So today we want to avoid elitism and snobbery. We want to put on our, our nice hat, musical fandom hats and share five songs that would help a person enter into this world. Cool. I think it centers around the six key studio albums of the 90s. So starting Oh, yeah, 90- for sure. Yep. Um, they did... So 1993 to 99, there were six studio albums. There was a live album and some EPs around that. And then yeah. in 2011, they kind of came back and did some other stuff. So but- you're talking Frizzle Fry, uh, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, uh, Pork, Pork Soda, soda uh, Tales from the Punch Bowl, and Brown. And then Antipop in 99. Oh, I see. And I always feel that that's 2000, but yeah. I, I, just, just sneaks in. And all, also. Any pop I see is outside of the rest because there's a lot of guest musicians on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a disjointed, disparate kind of approach, which I it's won't a, talk about in my five songs. Just a little neither. teaser. Okay. <laughs> so you're right. It pro- the, the core is probably the five albums, but just the, before we start, South Park, probably most famous for writing the South Park theme song. Would you agree? Indeed, I absolutely agree. Uh, um, do you know they they wrote a, a little song about Beavers and Butthead at one point as well? Oh, I, I, it was is called that Poetry the... and Prose. I know that. Yes, 
I don't go for much in Power of Dream pros, but I sure do love me some beef and butter shows. It was great. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. Very, very good. Well, without further ado. Are you going to jump in, in, my good sir? Well, I'll, I'll kick off. I think that the first Primus song you that it must start with is Tommy the Cat. That is the song. Yes, that, that is my first one as well. It is an outstanding, incredible song that features Tom Waits doing the character vocals of Tommy the Cat with Les yeah. narrating this amazing story. Tommy the Cat had many a story to tell, but it was a rare occasion such as this that he did. Um, what do you think about it? Well, what I really love about the inclusion of Tom Waits in that is because I see Tom Waits' music as a type of narrative-based songwriting that is very similar to the way that um, Les Claypool paints pictures with his songwriting. Yeah. So there's a sort of a similar storytelling nature that goes around it and, and creating these fictional characters that put you in a different frame of mind, put you in a, almost like reading a book. Yep. You know, and I, I feel that uh, this one here is distinctly primus though because it's not talking about, say, a, a strange old hobo that Tom Waits might talk about or a farmer's wife who killed someone or something yep. dark like that. It's talking about a crazy, wacky cat trying to get it on. King of the alleyways. Yeah. It's so good. It's, and it's very good. There's there's some there's a bunch of things that I think make this pro- one of the best Primus songs ever. Number one, it's got a fast tempo. Yes, it's got all this fantastical imagery of just crazy cats, and and the video clip paints that picture as well by showing actual cartoon cats like yep. it's a like it's a Looney Tunes or something. Yes, there's um, a bass solo that happens in the middle of the recorded version, which is fairly quick. But in live recordings, that bass solo is always changed up, and I love it. Yeah, and the one that is recorded is bonkers. It is stuttering, yeah. static, tapping, funky, popping, rhythmic. It, it makes you stand up and go, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And like that song is played on a six string fretless bass as well. So there's all this sliding that happens throughout the song and, you know, it's fantastic. And the solo that I've seen most played in the middle of that bass solo um, live is something called the awakening.
featured on Les Claypool and The Holy Mackerel. And uh, I don't know if it's available on Spotify, but it ain't available for streaming at the moment. So thank God I've got the CD of that one. Yep. Solo uh, project by Les. Yeah, you're right. The jam nature of Primus is, is key to um, what they are. You know, the jam bandery, um, yeah. the extended yeah. play, the wizardry, not just with Les's bass, but also with the drums from Tim Herb Alexander are incredible. I would yeah. say rhythm is central. So there's just this Absolutely. rolling juggernaut of drums. There is Les's incredible bass, which actually drives the, sometimes the melody, the percussive yep. forward momentum of the song. And then Larry Lalonde has this amazing ability to just to paint pictures with his guitar over the top. Totally. It's one of the few bands where bass is front and centre. And as well as that, I've heard uh, in an interview that Larry Lalonde says that pretty much Herb and Les come up with a song and then he listens to it and goes, well, that sounds like a complete song already. <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? And so he just kind of wails over the top of it. Yep. And it's just perfect. It just creates that little bit of extra layering that um, adds dimension and all that ear candy for you to listen to yeah. while your body just wants to groove along to that funk. Sonic texturing, uh, oh. I kind of call it. Yeah, um, great. The, and Tommy the Cat has one of the greatest catch. It's not a standard song where it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro. It's I, I can't even describe yeah. what it is. Very it's few just of them are. Some kind of progressive, strange but prog rock is kind of sometimes meandering or I don't know how to describe it. This is not prog rock. This is some kind of strange composition that lives in its own world, driven by these incredible drum parts, incredible bass parts, and one of the greatest catch cry audience interactions that happens live. Say, uh, baby! Say, baby! <laughs> Say, uh, baby, do you want to lay down with me? so good amazing and, and his ability to enunciate in that staccato way is i, I can't do it you can yeah do you want to lay down with me so good so good but that is the song if you play it for people whether they like alternative rock or you know any of this kind of stuff they go Wow, that makes me stand up and take notice. You got to start with Tommy yeah, the Cat. Yeah, hundred percent. I absolutely agree with you. You know what my next one is? No, Jerry was a race car driver. Okay, that does not feature in my five. You are kidding me. It is one of the. It's probably after Tommy the Cat, one of the most recognizable, one of the most insane and greatest Primus songs. Well, let tell me tell you, these, these are my criteria for picking all my songs. I think you've got to have a song with funky bass, right? Yep. So that was my Tommy the Cat thing. It's just funky as heck. It just drives. It's got some speed to it. Um, you've got to have a song with some wacky lyrics. Yeah. You've got to have some sort of a darker kind of a song that's got a bit of a darker kind of edge to it. Yep. You've got to have, you've got to have something about fishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, come on with that one. And <laughs> you've got to have some sort of, 
unusual song structures in there as well because yeah. I think that's what sums up Primus. If you're going to sum up the five key characteristics, I think those are the five things that you got to you got to have. So Jerry was a race car driver. I put it in there because, number one, he loves to tap his bass occasionally and that the tapping sound of Jerry as a race car driver is central to that song. Yeah. There's also something about that's nostalgic about that one. There's a sort of a nostalgic kind of a wanting for yesteryear kind of feel. I reckon Just like it featured over on the falls. Yeah, I was going to say over I the reckon it, Brown. Yes, yes. Continue. Yes. Um. So sorry, mate. Um. But yeah, it's it's um. I think there's something nostalgic and a few little moralistic life choices. Character driven. Yep. Strongly character driven. Yep. Um. I. You know, the tapping both his hands, his left hand on the neck of the bass and his right hand yeah. is also on the, the the fret of the bass tapping in this intricate pattern. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's also on, I want to say, one of the Tony Hawk skateboarding soundtracks or something that we used to play is a it? lot. I don't know. I just got to get a feeling that that was one of those songs that made it outside of the Primus faithful. It, it uh, transcended and made it into yeah, the broader be. alternative rock, you know, world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Plus, it comes from the same the, album as Tommy the Cat. Same album. Indeed it does. Sailing the Seas of Cheese is up there on my favourite albums by Primus. But I, I've got to say that what's cool about it is that the, the chorus doesn't have words. There's no words to the chorus. It's just that driving, mosh-inducing, bassy kind of sound that they get that sounds like a motor revving. Yes. And that is the chorus. Just doom, 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 doom. You know, yep. that's it. That's the chorus. Yep. Yeah, so that's unusual. Good. No, great, great song. Um, well, what do you have next then? Well, I had John the Fisherman next. Okay. Right. That's next for me. Okay. Well, let's talk about John the Fisherman because there's a okay. couple of things here. One, fishing is central to Primus. Primus, yeah. they love fishing. So, <laughs> so pretty, there's probably no album that doesn't have a song about fishing on it. Uh, I couldn't find one on Tales of the Punch Bowl other than Captain Shiner, which is a bit of an outro at the end. But you're right. Fish True. on. Old Dimeback yeah. Sturgeon, Fish on yeah. Part 2. Yeah. The Last Salmon Man on Green Norgard. And even their yeah. cheesy home video, their home video, which is called Cheesy Home Video, is set yeah. on Les's boat and they're out yes. fishing. <laughs> yeah. um, in all the songs, San Pablo Bay features, which is where yeah. they go fishing and, and all yeah. that kind of thing. But so I, I'm no fisherman, but the character-driven nature, often these guys are fishermen. In this story, it's about John the fisherman, who when he grows up, he wants to be wants to one be of the fisherman. harvesters of the sea. It starts it. with drums. It starts with bass. So it starts with the drums, the big roiling drums. You can tell that Herb has a massive kit and he loves to use all the toms. They all get used. Yeah. It's this rolling, yeah. roiling machine. And then the bass yeah. comes in.
Well, I thought it was interesting. It's a bop. It's it's fairly normal. It, it song is fa- it's one of them more straightforward. Yep. Quite accessible. The bass is strummed and the bass is almost like the um, melodic instrument. And again, Larry yep. provides sonic texturing over the top. The yep. gang vocals at the end are great. Uh, they're excellent. Yeah. And, and that was the, another reason why I chose John the Fisherman is because the choice to play chords on a bass, Yeah, Les does all the time and he does so on that particularly. And when you really hear it, it's a revelation. When you hear that chords are being played on the bass, you go, yep. what? That's yep. not how basses are played and it blows nah. mind. It's it's melodic, but it's quite percussive. It's it's it adds a different element to it. Oh um, yeah. And their their first album, which is actually a, a live album called Suck on This, John the Fisherman starts it, but the whole album starts with Primus launching into an a rush song called XYZ. Then falters, stumbles, and then starts into John dun, the Fisherman. Dun, 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 wonderful and, and you know what as that's sort of that's the way that they um they start to, to defy the laws of tradition as well they start as if it's the exactly the same it's exactly the same as john the fisherman on suck on this yep. but then they go yeah Tip of the hat to the sense of humor. They can imagine people at home putting on the, the CD going, oh, they've made a mistake. They've put suck on this. On, it's the on, same It's thing. the same album. Oh, hang ah, on. Yeah. Ripped off. Ripped off. But also I think Rush as a band forms uh, a big inspiration a huge, to Primus. You know, you can absolutely hear the influence from Rush to Primus. Yeah. You can completely hear how all of the members must have been, must have loved that band. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I was not a fan of Rush. I know a little bit about Rush now, but I have never really listened to Rush. Um, and when they're I do, amazing. Yeah, they, they I only got them in, into them recently, and they're great. But also the the high cartoony nasally vocals of yeah. uh, Geddy yeah. Lee and Geddy yeah. Lee bass player lead singer, all of that. Yeah, stuff. three 100%. piece. You know, it's it's great. So but I had John the, John the Fisherman. Also, also Rush are a band that fill out the sound so much that it doesn't sound like a three piece, just like. Primus, like oh, it, yeah. it doesn't. It sounds way more dense than a three piece could produce. Yeah, but then you go, oh man, there's only three of them. Through massive inspired drum fills, the drums are mm-hmm. big and bold and boisterous mm-hmm. and everywhere. Same with Herb in uh, in Primus. 
Primus do change drummers later on. We might get to that. Mm, indeed, indeed. So I Should think I chuck out my next one. Or let's go. No, I was just going to say, got... John the Fisherman, Tommy the Cat, Jerry was a race car driver. Sure. Any of those, two of those three, get you there. Absolutely. Like now, they're brilliant. I heard this next song. I heard on the radio in my dad's car, just traveling around, and it was quiet. And I went, "What is oh, yeah. this?" It's my name is Mud from Pork Soda. Oh my gosh. So Sailing Sa- Caesar Cheese was their first major label debut, followed up by Pork Soda, uh, which yep. was a platinum selling album. This weird, wow. bizarre, dark it is a alternative weird, and rock. Is I think I find it their album. darkest, one of their darkest albums. And like there's a lot of real, like there's there's um the press man who is a quite a dark, shady, seedy figure sitting in his apartment hammering out some terrible schlock under the yep. under his fluorescent lights you know there's yep. the dmv which is depressing as hell you know nobody likes to go into their local government service agency no. and sit there in a line but my name is mud is particularly like like this is a this is a killer oh it's an insane song uh, i did not have it on my five but i agree it's right up there absolutely i've i've never been to a concert where that what that song wasn't a highlight for me and I think seeing it live especially made it a bit of a revelation for me, particularly how they close out that song. Yep. They just have that last little bit just going like over and yep. over again. Just drums over and, and bass. Over again yep. For ages till it becomes absolutely hypnotic and you're just going, oh, man. Whoa. And then suddenly they just finish on that harmonic. Boom, Stop on a dime. And then just bang, they're done. And it's... It's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and the song "My Name Is Mud," a lot of interesting uh, character plays. A dark character, he, yeah. he hits someone upside the cranium with a baseball bat and an aluminum know. baseball bat. Yeah, yep. well, aluminium and people—that's how we say it. That's true. aluminium. But anyway, but yeah, yeah. I call him yellow. We should have another Abercrombie. You know, that's long for mud. So I've been told, <laughs> don't get us started. Yeah. My name is Mud. Um, dark. Uh, the bass riff is insane. It is just mm. some kind of double tapping. So the left hand is tapping on the fret. The right thumb is tapping, uh, yep. you know, slapping on the slapping yep. the bass. And it's some kind of hand movement which creates this double percussive rhythmic riff. It's yeah, insane. It's fully rhythmic. That's what I really love about it. It's 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 purely percussive. That whole song. And I mean, other than again with Larry adding the, those extra textures into it, but I find it like a quite an empty song. There's mm-hmm. there's not a lot into it. Like there's a lot of space in that song, and then that reverb in the voice just sort of really amplifies that. And then it's not 
that really high tempo kind of dense funk that Primus is often known for. It's That's a good the, point. It, it's this really sparse percussive sound that almost doesn't even have notes. It's like the, yeah. the bass is making a sound, but it's not necessarily playing a particular note. Yeah. It's a played on a six string and it's played way down low. So it's, it's mm-hmm. so low and almost strings, almost floppy, uh, you know, it's, but incredible. also the, the strings aren't left to ring out. They just get stopped and muted by that left hand. Yep. And then it becomes just like flicking or something, you know, yeah. or, or clunking or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great song. It's a, almost a grind or a dirge. It's not a slow song. It's not a fast song. It's a mid-tempo grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're right, the light and shade of it, it's actually more dark, isn't it? But the sometimes the bass and drums and the vocals just play. It's quite sparse. And then the guitars come in and it fills it yeah. out. It has this bow, kind bow, of... Bow, yeah. bow, bow. But it, it starts kind of silly like it almost seems like you're painting a picture of a pathetic silly guy and then yep. suddenly he's you realize he's a killer and there's a body in his in his house and you're going whoa he's a psycho <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's great the song i had from pork soda was um and i admit mr. that mr crinkle it was mr crinkle I knew it. How did you know that? I just knew it because yeah. you got to. Uh, this is, I almost got in there that you have to have something with a with a upright upright bass. Les plays these amazing bass guitars. They're Carl Thompson six string fretless with this crazy rolled top. I don't know part of the guitar. They're spiral, super unique. He also has these upright basses, which he sometimes plays with his fingers, but often brings out a bow. Mr. Crinkle, they made this incredible video for. I read that Les poured his heart and soul into that video and MTV played it. It was a one-take like, video. Yep, incredible one-take video. MTV played it like three times and that was it. It's in a big warehouse. There's all these crazy characters circling through and they come in front of the camera and the band are in there. It's like a but circus behind him. It is. And Les is in a pig man pig suit. He's yeah. in a pig mask. He's got a fat suit in a suit and he's playing an upright bass with a bow. Yeah, and allowing that bow to bounce on the strings so it gets that. Mr. Crinkle, character-driven, it's dark. It, it starts off, you know, at one sort of notion and then grows and builds and extends into this really exciting ending with lots of parts, lots of things going on. I've always thought, because that is basically an anti-consumerist song, I've always thought that Mr. Crinkle is supposed to sound like Chris Kringle. I I would agree with that. Yeah, that makes I've sense to me. I've always thought it's Mr. Thought. Kringle, you know, like yep. it's it's like a... It's like a thing about gifts and presents and and, yep. and wanting stuff. And and I yep. felt that that's, I mean, I could be way off the mark, but that's always, since since I've ever heard it, that was the impression I got. 
Yeah. And a lot of the content is about, you know, have you heard the brand new sound? It's a cross between Jimi Hendrix, Bo Cephas, Sharon, James Brown. And, and it's about, <laughs> you know, consumerism and the new thing and, and needing to get the new thing. And um, I love the name. Right. It's called Heavy Harrowntown New Wave called Filtered Low Calorie Dry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Crinkle, tell me why. Is it a drink or is it a music? What what is it? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's that. uh, And and a lot of the songs that there are other songs which have an anti-consumerist sentiment, um, a mindless following, a mindless parroting of what is successful. And you're right. Year of the Parrot. Correct. (laughs) On Tales from the Punch Bowl. In six, seven time, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Les always held firm about doing what he wanted and thinking a bit differently. And they just mm. happened to stumble upon success along the way, I think. Yeah, cool. Uh, so because that's my five. Tommy the Cat, Jerry, M- Mud, Fisherman. Yep. My last one might surprise you a little bit, but well, I look forward I've got to my it. reasons. Yes. Um, Professor Nutbutter's House of Treats. Oh, my goodness. It's not the one I've chosen, but, yeah, that had a big impact on me. I'll tell you why. Yes. I had so much trouble choosing between this and To Defy the Laws of Tradition. Oh, both. I nearly picked To Defy the Laws of Tradition because I think it sums up the intentions and the ideas of Primus so well. Yes. And just like My Name is Mud, I distinctly remember hearing To Defy the Laws of Tradition, and that was the very first time I'd ever heard Primus. And, again, I was in a car somewhere and, and I made my parents turn it up and I went, what is that? Yep. Because just, and especially when they went, the child, oh, the star, went, whoa, hello, hang on, something's going on here that, yep. and my ears just perked up. So I was so enamored with that song, but I ne- and, and you know I never knew that it was Primus because I'd always missed the radio people yep. saying who it was. No Shazam in those days. Yep. And it wasn't until years later that I got into Primus that I went, oh my god, this is that song I loved so many years ago. Yep. But when I first got into Primus back in the day when we were mates as teenagers, the first album that I bought was Tales from the Punch Bowl. Yeah, I bought it on CD, and the very first song is an absolute banger. Absolute banger. It's got tapping, it's got chords, it's got playful lyrics. Um, there's spoken, there's a weird spoken word at the end of Professor Nutbutter. Yeah. 
it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy song. It like, is. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's it's got groove. It's got it's fun. You can bop yeah. to it. It's got guitar solos. You know, there's all those little, there's little notes like in that bit, right? Yeah. There's notes that tweak your brain. It just smashed me that song, uh, and it, as soon as I heard that song, I was ready for the whole album. Yeah, it is and a cracker. It is a cracker. And I think it was just because that was the first I owned and the first that I just hit on heavy rotation. It was just, it was the first one I had actually owned. It wasn't one that I just ripped from you or from yep. our mutual friend, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> onto, onto tape. Onto cassette tape. Yep. Yep. It was one that I owned and I just, yeah. I just smashed it out on the big speakers at home, not my crappy little ones in, in my bedroom. And it just, I got the full effect of it and I fell in love with it. It's great and so purely the, subjective. Yeah, it, it does a great job of getting someone into primus. Pure, you know, Tales from the Punch Bowl was a big album driven by the big breakout single Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Had yep. a crazy film clip. It was played on radio a yep. lot. It was a big. It's on success. my honorable mentions. It's an honorable mention, right? Because it's not quite as good as Tommy the Cat and mm. a band that you love for their alternative efforts yeah. suddenly becomes mainstream. You're like, oh, oh, you know, we're known as Big Brown Breaver. Uh, fine. Yeah, uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, I love Punch Bowl and I love Track One. Opening the album is Old Nut Butters House of Treats. So good, really good, good mm-hmm. track. Now I. I've actually got two more because we two must have more. doubled up on some. Oh, did we? Yeah. oh yes, yes, we right? did. Yeah. So I had John the Fisherman, Tommy the Cat, Mr. Yes. Crinkle. Yes. I'll go through these pretty quick. I, on Tales from the Punch Bowl, I also did not go for Big Brown when I was Big Brown Beaver. I went for Over the Electric Grapevine, which is oh, sort of like I a love deeper that song, right? <laughs> show someone is to show a slower more jam extended jam like nature that primus get into if for me um it has a little bit of a different feel a different timing um there's these intersecting rhythms and sounds and i've written here big moist effects you know yeah well, got, there's that some big uh, moist effects. that bramp that it goes bramp 
totally moist sound. Totally. Yeah. You know, there's delay and reverb kind of bouncing around. The, the, the drums are just this oh, aren't they? powerful, huge impetus driving the song forward. The whole song has this wonderful sense of momentum. It starts so slowly and thoughtfully and it builds and it builds and it yeah. builds and it really does feel like a road trip. And the subject matter of the song is a road trip. A uh, road they, trip. Uh, they they are on some, yep, some sort of uh, party enhancement. He started laughing. He started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It just extends into this crazy mental jam from and this And you can slow imagine that this actually builder. happening and, and it's a real story and someone going, oh, my God, oh, my yeah. God, oh, my God. <laughs> in the story, they're driving from somewhere, they stop, and then one is left in the car with the radio on and the other guy has gone to a public payphone and called the radio. The radio station. And then the guy who's off his face in the car starts hearing his mate's voice coming over the radio when he's not even in the car and he starts laughing. And, <laughs> and, it, it, and know, the clarity ensuing will dominate the night. He starts laughing and laughing on the yep. radio. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great story. Yeah. Well, I said it, it really feels like almost like telling a nursery rhyme or a fairy tale. Yeah, and that's kind that's of inherent so to Primus. They're these cartoony fairy tale nursery rhyme mm-hmm. type things. They're not, they're serious, but they're not. They always take a humorous yeah. or a, uh, you know, a sidestep from taking things head on. Yeah, which yeah, this song does. I find that there's, you know, there's heaps of songs which it seems like it's starting off with something that's a little bit silly, but yeah. then they'll just throw in a little line here on there and you go, oh, there's a serious side to that. Yeah. That's and, actually and meaningful. Yeah. You know, and as a, as a fan, music fan, there's depth and layers and it's great. And at the very end of the song, there is an in-joke and a catch cry. I don't even know why they say this. But the song ends and Les just yells out, Viva la France, Viva, Viva la, la France. France. Viva la France, Viva la France. Why? Do you know what? I have no, no. idea why he says it. But no yet idea. suddenly becomes part of the canon, part of the law of Primus that when that song ends, you yell Viva that Viva la out. France. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there was a concert that we saw together and nearly yelled this out because I had a feeling that it was coming up. And they were about to play um, Harold of the Rocks. Oh, yes. And, you know, in the suck on this, someone yells out, what was it? It was a weekend. Yes, because it's a it live concert. A, yeah, I yeah. Ne- I almost yelled out, "What was it?" Because I had a feeling that <laughs> I, I just I could hear the the chords coming out of his bass, yeah. and I was like, "That sounds like well, Harold of the Rocks." And well, he didn't even say that. I could just hear right. the bling 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 bling, yep. and I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like Harold of the Rock." And I nearly yeah. yelled out at the top of my voice, "What was it?" 
And I've heard heaps of people yell it out at Primus concerts before. Too. And there's innumerable little things that you yeah. yell out at Quirks. concerts because of, you know, all these kind of things. It's so uh, great. It's great. And look, the last one that I had, and you know what? I would replace either this song I'm about to tell you about or Over the Electric Grapevine with probably Mud or Jerry Rose, a race car driver. Um, mm-hmm. They put they changed drummers for the album mm-hmm. that came after Tales from the Punch Brown. Ball, the Brown album. And they have a guy called Brian Brain Mantia come and play. Yep. And it's he has a different style. It's And the album is recorded on this kind of lo-fi, uh, you know, style. Like it. It's, a dirty it's really, sound. it's a dirty sound. It's, it's lo-fi. It, the drumming is quite intentional, thudding, smaller. Like there's not as many yeah. toms, but yeah. nonetheless talented. No, nonetheless talented, incredibly yeah. Just talented. Just a totally different, totally different feel. Yeah. But the song that I wanted to, to point out to someone. Can I, can I guess? Primus, please. Bob's Potty Time Lounge. Bob's Party Time Lounge. Correct, sir. I knew it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's on my yeah. honourable mentions because that song slaps slaps it is unreal have you and have you heard it live well sir good sir what a funny thing for you to bring up because the version that i would say point someone to is yes. the version on rhinoplasty yes. which is their kind of covers and peripherals kind yes. of thing which has two live tracks the last track on the album is bob's party time lounge live and that i think it the slaps song. harder than the one the recorded version Agree every day of the week. It's unconventional. The playing the bass riff is unconventional. There's, there's this crazy creative interplay between all members of the band. They yes. extend into a jam. The, the, the crowd is up. And it, I get goosebumps when I listen to that version. 100%. It's a great song. Yeah, it's it a is. Great song. It's unreal. And it's, there's something sort of out of control about Bob's Party Time Lounge. You've got this oh, yeah. sort of, it really gives you the sense of a party that's just, just on the fringes of going wrong but it sounds like it's like the you know the best parties are the ones that just hang behind going completely out of control nothing goes wrong yeah but it always feels like something's about to go wrong on the verge of becoming unhinged but Uh never tipping over (laughs) exactly oh man that is such a great description yeah that's really yeah that's what that's what bob's party time lounge feels like for me and that's that's sort of it 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 conjures to mind those sorts of parties that it, that is just it's chaos just barely being held at bay yeah Awesome fun times. <laughs> yeah. Did Absolutely. we get there on five? Let's try and just quickly narrow so. it down. Okay, to five. okay, sure, sure. Because it's got to be Tommy the Cat. We agree 100%. on John, uh, John the Fisherman. 100%. All right, where to from there, good sir? 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Jerry in there. Yeah, I, I would say Jerry was a race car driver. So those are almost like the three big guns of of Primus uh, yeah. songs. Yeah, like, if you got if you got about you know ten minutes to show somebody Primus, you'd show them those three. Yeah, that's true. Uh, two two more. What else? <sighs> See. I it's would probably take, got to be. Mud I would or take Prinkle. the live Bob's Party Time Lounge over My Name Is Mud. Okay, let's. Because, I think it's a good one because it's it's so lively. You really get a sense for what they are like as a live band from that one. Yeah, and and you really can feel that that number one, like you said, they can jam a little bit. They don't, yeah. they don't just don't just stick with the same format every single time. They just. Go for a little. They loosen Unleash. up a little bit. They feel each other in on the stage, and he, and yeah, that I think you get a real sense from Bob's Party Time Lounge there. Yeah. Well, then we don't have anything from Pork Soda and nothing from <sighs> Tales from the Punch Bowl. One of them has got to miss out. Jeez. Oh, this is horrible. It's a tough one. I mean, in terms of big bold songs that people should hear you probably put in mud because it's a live classic it's a classic it's a big track and it is and it's different it's really different it Um, is and and i guess it shows that different flavor that primus can bring that is different from those other four songs all right okay i'm okay with that does that get us there tommy john the fisherman jerry was a race car driver bob's party time lounge live version from rhinoplasty and my name is mud yeah may i add another a couple of honorable mentions please yep groundhog day Groundhog Day, man. Yeah, it's, it's great. so cool. It just tells you, just it's just a, it's a really upbeat song about someone starting his day and feeling good about himself and wandering out on the street in his big stomping boots and yeah. stomping in puddles. It's great. It's great. It's so good. It's, it's a great feel-good song of theirs, you know. There's yep. no big life lessons other than, you know, you can start the day well. Yeah. You know? Linger and taste of toothpaste makes the milk look down a bit funny, but you know, the checks, they do, they do satisfy. satisfy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's good. It's a bot, um, a joint, and then it explodes at the end. It's great. And Shake Hands with Beef is pretty good too. I like Shake Hands with Beef. Yeah, I like Shake Hands with Beef. Um, it came on Rage one night. I didn't yeah. know there was a new single out. I saw it. It blew my mind. Uh, yeah, it's great. There are other things I enjoy from Brown Album more, but it's the mo- more instant track as well. Yeah. So, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to get somebody into it, it's a bit of a bop. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Man, I love I love Primus. I love discussing that. And uh, oh. hopefully, if you're out there and you've never really listened to Primus, you've heard us talking about them, dive in. Listen to these yes. songs. You'll get a little taste of the joy that is being a fan of Primus. You know, Adrian, I've really enjoyed this and I reckon we should pick another band at some stage and do this again. Agree. Do you have a fact of the week for us, good sir? Well, I do. And, you know, the um, people might know this actually, but, you know, the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? 
Yes. Do you know the band that is playing in the Battle of the Bands at the end of that movie is Primus and they are playing Tommy the Cat? You are correct, but I must correct you on one little instance. It's the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I disagree, sir. I don't think it is. Oh, contention. I don't think it is. I think it is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I think that it's right at the end. It's when Les Claypool had sort of like a long kind of mohawk kind of undercut thing going on. Yeah. And and, and I'm quite certain that it was the Battle of the Bands because that was the whole thing that Bill and Ted were going for in that first movie is that Battle of the Bands. I disagree. We should leave. We should let that linger and let the fans hit us up. You tell us, correct us. Who's right? Is Leon or is Adrian? What's the right one here? There you go. It's right at the end of that. It was right at the end of Tommy the Cat as well. And it's a lovely, a lovely thing. And I I remember seeing that in Bill and Ted's. And before I was into Primus and going, whoa. That's wacky. That is unreal. Yep. There you go. Well, uh, good listeners, remember to hit us up on all the socials. Tell us what you think about today's episode. Uh, correct us on our fact of the week. Um, <laughs> give us an opposing opinion. You can hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can send us an email at supersonicchat at gmail.com. Do you agree with our five? Is, is there a better five for Primus? Hit us up. Uh, also, if you like what you hear and you've got a couple of minutes here or there, then tell a friend. It's a great way to spread the word about our supersonic thought experiments. And if you can, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because it helps get our visibility out there. You don't even have to give us a comment. Just the, the stars will do. But you know what? We love to hear your feedback, so give us that too if you've got time. So good. Another great episode of Supersonic Chat. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, listeners. We look forward to your company next time. 